It's a challenge that every marriage has to go through. Every marriage has to deal with the boredom and get to the excitement. Unfortunately, so many marriages settle. You're listening to Parenting on Purpose with Dr. Bob and Rosemary Barnes from Sheridan House Family Ministries. I'm your host, Ruthie J. And we know marriage takes work. Mm-hmm. It's uh, you, When you got married, it was the, the start starting point, not right. the finish line. Did you know? I'm going to interrupt. I'm in here with two married women. Did you both know right out of the box marriage was going to take work? Did you, Rosemary? Of course, you're married to me, so it was awesome. But did, did you Did you know? I think to a certain extent, but not to the extent that it needs to the be. The drudgery done. was of being married to me? <laughs> no, no, no. I think, I think we, as women, probably realized that there was going to be adjustments and, you know, men are this way and women are this way. And I think we had sort of a hint of it, maybe, mm-hmm. but never to the degree in yeah. my life anyway. Would you agree I, with I that? the same. I mean, I got married into a blending family, too, so I was in for a lot of work. Yeah. But I, I thought it would look different. Yes. And then when, you know, reality mm-hmm. started, and still, there's waves that still come like, right. okay, this is real life, put your big right. girl pants on and let's mm-hmm. keep going, you know? Right. right. Um, it just is what it is and right. you deal with it. Right. But. I think, unfortunately, and again, maybe our generation more than Ruthie's and Tori's and Sarah's and others out there, I think in our generation, our generation just settles. I think our generation had low expectations for marriage. Our parents' generation had really low expectations for marriage. And I think they just settle and just kind of say, oh, it's just the way he is. It's been like that forever and he's not going to change. Or, or, you know, Tori, that's just the way your dad is. I, I think that the settling is a very sad thing is because we'd never settle for anything else in our life. We'd, we'd never say, okay, this is how I'm going to get in this organization. This is as high as my salary is going to be. This is as good as the whatever's going to get. I, I, yet in the marriage relationship, because we either don't know what to do or don't want to do the work, or we, we can say we don't know how to do the work, but I, you know, I didn't know how to build a deck, but I got some plans to learn how to build a deck. I, I, I think we can get the books. I mean, you call Focus on the Family or somewhere, you can get all the books you need on marriage. I, I think we either settle or I think the other sad part about it, or we substitute. We settle or substitute, and we substitute really good things, but they're not the right things. You know, I see some of the people at church, and they're there all the time. One spouse is there all the time, and they're not working together. They're there, and she's there all the time. And I mean, you know, him making the joke, oh, yeah, I, I haven't had a home-cooked meal in three days because she's here at the church getting ready for the whatever. That's wrong. But we substitute good things uh, and miss out on the best thing because our, our marriage isn't going anywhere. Nothing seems to be happening, and we totally, totally miss out, which is very, very sad. Mm-hmm. I think one of the uh, ways of, of doing it to put some more excitement in it is to get out of the routine, you know, doing the same thing week after week. Monday night we do this, Tuesday night we do that, Wednesday night we do that, and just routine every week. And to just get out of routine and try changing things up. I'm and getting not a little watching, lecture here. Not this, watching this isn't the for the same going. <laughs> yes. It's going to the same restaurant every time we and go eating out. Eating the same thing. Yes, but I like that food and I like that restaurant and I do know what it costs. Yeah, I wonder if in every marriage there's the routine person and then there's the actual exciting person. I think so, I think so too. Okay, yeah. so we're bashing men again, aren't we? <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm the routine person in my No, really? Yeah. I would not have thought my, that. My husband's all about wow. changing things up, so I've had to also learn. You know, plan loosely and keep things with open hands and, you know, even the kids, where are we going? You know what? I don't know, but we're going to have a great time. But I've had to learn that. Yeah. Because I, if I didn't learn it, I'd be a very frustrated person. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. You're taking medication for that, and that's all going to work out. Yeah, I, I think we settle. It's not going to get any better. I think we substitute. And I think so many people, basically, they just quit and miss out. I, I, there's nothing I can do about this. I can't change her. Uh, and, and you're right. You can't. But you could facilitate change. You can't. You you didn't change me. You let God change me. 
but you facilitate a change. You, you, you learn quickly. Coming at me head on is not going to work. Um, and so instead of coming at me head on, you, you, you created conversations. And then when I would do things that were pursuing relationship, you would, you would actually, and, and this was so powerful. This was really a great night. You'd say things, and I said, "Really? I mean, what we do? well, we just walked down Las Olas and looked at things, didn't buy anything. We just looked. so just doing that is a great night. Yeah, it was a great night, Bob. We just walked, holding hands, and talking to each other. So you were the hero then. Yeah. Yes, oh, yes. that's big. That's yeah. Cool. All of a sudden, I supplied a great night, and uh, just by doing this thing, that's we did. What did we accomplish here? You know, I'd get to block four. We cross the street and go back up four blocks, and we we didn't conquer anything. But then all of a sudden, you let me know that's not what I wanted to do, and we were talking and laughing. I I, I think you were teaching me you don't need to buy for me, you don't need to conquer anything. I just really would like to get to know you, Bob. And maybe subconsciously, I was a little fearful if you got to know me. Uh, this is a no win right here. I don't, I don't know what it was, but it helped. It helped because fun needs to come back in, the boredom needs to go away, and 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 I think another thing that homes are missing. Uh, and marriages are missing, but homes are missing, is laughter. Well, before we go into that, because that's a big one, I just want to just add one thought to what mm. you're just saying. And we talked about it yesterday, but I think it's such a key is to make each other a study. You learned that walking for me to just walk down the street holding your hand and just talking was something that was fun for me. And so you would do it. I learned that you needed to feel like my hero, as you said, Ruthie. That was such a great phrase. Yeah, it was good. And, and so we learned each other. We learned to make each other study. We figured each other out because we didn't know some of those deeper things as we were coming together in those first months and weeks of marriage. And you have to communicate that. I mean, if you really did enjoy something, say it. Right. You know, that, that, I could do that again. Yes. You know, because sometimes we'll get into such a rut where he never brings flowers home, but then he brought flowers and then she's thinking, you know, well, finally. Yeah, it's about you know, time it's he about brought me time flowers, for goodness sake. You're like, okay, he's yeah. not going to do that oh, again no, no. if you fact, keep that out of He's stuff him down the garbage disposal <laughs> and turn it on. Yes, that one does. That's a no-win right there. Yeah. But, I, but uh, well, the flowers is a huge yeah. thing because you made such a big deal over $9 for a dozen roses that it made me keep going back every Friday and get more flowers and get more flowers and get more flowers. You, you used a phrase, Finding the Hero in Your Man, and it's actually the title of an amazing Christian book. Really? Finding the Hero in Your Man by a friend of ours, Julie Slattery. And uh, Dr. Slattery has knocked it out of the park. If, if, if any lady's looking for a book, okay, I hear that on how do I help my man in this area. It's called Finding the Hero in Your Man because she she used to be the female voice that focused on the family. And she just does it. And she she helped immensely the women on the Shared Now staff anyway with that. How do, how do I do that? I want to be a hero to her. I want to be a hero to Rosemary. I want to know how, but I, I'm not. I'm never going to be Bill Gates and build a mansion. I'm never going to have the big this boat, house, anything. I'm, I, I'm in the ministry, I, you know, average income. It's not all those things we see on television I'm never going to do. But if she makes me feel like it, then slowly I, I don't have to hide it and avoid it. I can actually share and we can actually talk. But I think that, you know, women sometimes have a hard time doing that because or both the spouses as well. You're disappointed and you mm -hmm. can't get past that. That's why yeah. there's no laughter because it's just why would there be right? What's, you know, what's, there's what's so funny, funny about yeah. this? I'm disappointed. Oh, please. Here we go again. You yeah. find that funny? You know, and and it just causes so much friction in relationships right. too. Right. This your spouse knows when you're frustrated. I mean, so why would I risk? Right. Yeah. If I'm the man, I don't. Why would I risk doing something I know is going to fail? Why Why would I risk when you're not going to? And I hate to say I need an attaboy, but you're not going to say this was great. Thank you. Um, I'm not going to risk that. I'm going to try that a couple of times. And the same was, why would you risk trying to be vulnerable and talk to me if I just say, oh, that's, Rosemary, that's just ridiculous. That's mm -hmm. not the way I meant it. Mm -hmm. And then after a while, wow, I mean, who's walking into that room again? That that doesn't work. That's why I think there are moments in time when laughter is huge. And I think also laughter is 
can defray uh, a difficult moment. Many years ago when the kids were little, we were dying Easter eggs. And one of my children was very frustrated while we were dying Easter eggs. And we were dying Easter eggs. We had all these pink cups lined up with all this Easter egg dye. And I had a pink cup of coffee uh, going right here. And in the process, um, I switched the coffee with one of the dyes. And when I switched the coffee with one of the dyes, I took a drink of the of the Easter egg dye oh, and spit it across the table. And they were out of control laughing. And that became a tradition every Easter. Uh, and to the point where Roby came home from college one year with these four behemoths uh, from Taylor University and came home and said to them, watch, my dad's going to drink the Easter egg dye in front of these college kids. I don't remember whether I actually did it then, but they were waiting for it. And he asked this past Easter, Dad, you gonna, when are you going to start doing that again? He did oh, while, I was dying, while I was yeah. dying Easter eggs with oh, the four-year-old wow. and the two-year-old. I just didn't want to teach the two-year-old to drink the dye. Yeah. Uh, so we're not quite there yet. <laughs> but the laughter and the anticipation of the laughter, and especially at dad's expense, um, it's like, okay, it's kind of a great equalizer. And, and we're kind of having fun, and it's not boring, and I want my children to see that. But I also need to learn how to do that here and not laughter that's, that's you know, not laughter at her expense that I do. Um, and I have to find the boundary. I have to find, okay, this really wasn't that funny, Bob. And 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 bring something into our marriage that, that's just fun. That's just fun. And it doesn't, you know, today so many couples think fun is spending a couple thousand dollars going on a trip. And we, we can't wait for the fun annually. The fun needs to be regularly. Um, and fun needs to be Friday night or whatever. Just having those times together. Uh, where we're where we're enjoying each other and and not doing the same routine. I think it, it almost sounds like we're being um, shallow or something because you know, wow, our marriage—it's just so heavy right now. It's so boring, so difficult. How can you laugh? Well, we need to find laughter. I mean, it's biblical. Proverbs talk about, talks about a merry heart is good medicine, and um, so it's it's something that we have to make happen. It's something that we need to choose choose to have, especially in those difficult trying times in our relationship. We've got to be able to find things to laugh about and to enjoy and to bring humor and lightness in the midst of. That's not saying, you know, we don't have difficult things we're working on. It's saying we're going to choose to be light in spite of it. We're going to choose to find humor and laughter in the midst of what we're going through right now. We're always going to have difficult times. You know, I mean, the, there is always going to be stuff we're dealing with. There's always going to be a, a difficulty in figuring this relationship out. We've got to decide to work on it. We've got to decide there are tools there, and we've got to decide I'm ready to get out of the rut. And we've got to use the tools we have, texting each other, calling each other, using the tools we have just to, just to I saw so-and-so and he said hi, whatever it is, just to continue using some of the things that, that you know can take you away from your marriage because you, you bring your work home and your whatever it is, your tablet, to use it to maintain the marriage. But again, and we've done this every time, I've got to get to the point where I'm willing to risk what the Bible calls being naked and not ashamed. I think so often it's difficult for people to look across a table, married couples, and do that. And the use of other materials, the use of books, the use of listening to a podcast, whatever it is, to begin the process, to stop reading after that fourth chapter and go, whoa, is that me? Is that us? What do we need to do about that? And I've got to be much more, okay, I'm going to take this on. I'm not going to let this go because... A marriage that's boring starts really rolling down into a hole, and it gets into a rut, and after a while, it gets into a grave. And so we've, we've got to decide, this is worth it. My father will help me. I don't have to know how to do it, but I have to be willing to, to listen, and I have to be willing to set the stage for that listening. And I've got to look at all this, this worthy things, working at church, working at sure house, working whatever, volunteering. I'm, I'm a good person. I'm doing all those things. Those aren't the things we were called to do. We were called to be one flesh first. First with our one flesh with our father, 
that's the Holy Spirit, then one flesh with each other and do the work to, to hear each other's heart. And that whole one flesh thing is choosing to minister to the other person. How can I? And so the mindset needs to be, how, how can I make my spouse's day to day, whether it's make her laugh, whether it's get some flowers, whether it's, and it's always, it was interesting to me when you made the statement, it's not the flowers. I, I love when you bring home flowers, but it's not the flowers. It's that you were thinking about me and you stopped somewhere to get out and Bob, spend some money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you stopped somewhere and you're so time conscious and you took the time to go in and you started thinking through the colors when you're colorblind. So that's a nightmare anyway. And and I, I think, and you said to me more than once, it, it, it was the effort more than the, the actual thing you brought home. Um, and, and so I realized, wow, okay, I can win. If it's the effort, I can win at this. I don't have to agonize over the color of flowers. And then taking it to the other other spouse, um, the female, to take time out of our busy, self-absorbed, crazy days and say, okay, I remember this morning when he left for work, he was going into a very difficult meeting with the leadership. And so he's going to come in exhausted. And while I would really like to go out to dinner tonight, I think the best way to um, be not boring is to make it an easy night, a quiet night where, um, you know, maybe feed the children if they're little and put them to bed and then we'll have a nice quiet dinner together, maybe having calm music or whatever. And thinking through what can I do to make his day or he make her day a great day mm-hmm. and to, to be get out of ourselves and all our stuff and to think about the other get person. Get out of ourselves. I may not be every man, um, but that what you just said in our marriage has been one of the most um, affirming and best things you've ever done in our marriage friendship because I had told you um, when I left in the morning, I was going to, let's go out to eat. I want to get you out of the house and take you out to eat. And you get a sense somehow for what I've been dealing with. And I say, I'm on my way home. Um, when I get ready, I'll just pick it up. And she said, no, I've changed my mind. I don't want to go. And I'd say, yeah, I know you want to go. She says, no, I know what you did. I don't want to go. I'd rather just spend time at home. And I know that I know that I know that I know you don't really mean that. And I know you're doing that for me. And that was like, wow, she gets me. She gets my day. She mm. gets me because I so know she wanted to get out of the house and go out to eat. And it, I didn't. I got to stay there. And it was that was that was bringing home a thousand roses uh, for me because it was like, oh, man. And, and, and to somehow each of us get that mindset that we can't live this life for us. We've got to live this life for our spouse. We've got to choose to be other oriented. You've been listening to Parenting on Purpose with Dr. Bob and Rosemary Barnes from Sheridan House Family Ministries. I'm your host, Ruthie J, and a lot of resources have been put out by Dr. Bob and Rosemary Barnes. Um, DVDs, there's books, you can get many of them with all the proceeds helping the children's home, so it's a double whammy there, online at shfm.org. And if you missed part of today's program or any of the ones earlier this week talking about how what to do when your marriage has gotten a little boring, go online and listen to them for free at parentingonpurpose.org. <laughs>